It's time for Weekdays with Wilk, your daily dose of sports and how it affects the state of Utah. Here's your host, Tanner Wilkinson. Welcome on in. It's a Thursday. I almost have gotten you to Friday, and thank heavens for that. Uh, for whatever reason, I am just very ready for this week to be over. Uh, but excited that there's a lot of good things going on within the Utah Jazz organization. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Uh, no Mike Conley for the game tonight. We'll jump right in with that. That news broke not too long ago. Uh, and that's going to make things tough again for Utah tonight. I think the Clippers uh, figured a few things out about the Jazz in Game 1. Uh, I also think the Jazz figured out a few things about the Clippers. So uh, it's really going to be a toss-up matchup again tonight after what was an exceptional, exceptional Game 1. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, congratulations to Rudy Gobert for winning the Defensive Player of the Year Award for the third time in four seasons. Uh, Rudy is just simply in a different class from the rest of the NBA. It's not even close what the impact he has defensively on the court. It's what has allowed the Jazz to do what they've done for the past six, seven years since he really started uh, to take over defensively for this team. And super happy for him, super proud of him, and super glad Ben Simmons lost. Let's be honest. Anytime a Jazz player wins something and Ben Simmons loses something, that's a good thing. We're happy about that. Uh, And quite frankly, the people out there that are saying Rudy shouldn't have won it, are casuals. They don't understand. They simply don't watch the Jazz uh, to know the kind of impact that Rudy Gobert has on this basketball team. And uh, remember when Gordon Hayward left almost four years ago now? Isn't that something? I remember a lot of people saying, remember the Jazz did not lose their most important player. Uh, And that still rings true today. Rudy Gobert, the most important player on this team. Uh, with what he does on the defensive side of of the ball. Uh, we love Rudy. We love what he does in the community uh, here in the state of Utah, what he's done for Salt Lake over the years. Just really, really happy uh, for him and his family. Uh, and Joe Ingles said it yesterday, this isn't the last one he's going to win. Uh, I, I fully, fully agree with that. Uh, so talking a little bit more about the game tonight, I think the Jazz are going to have a problem not having Mike Conley. They got lucky in the sense that you cannot have a stretch where you miss 20-plus shots in a row, and Mike's really the steady hand of this team, and they really need that coming into tonight. Donovan was phenomenal. Donovan was brilliant with 45, but you can't ask him to do that every single night or you're going get, to uh, get results like you did in the Denver series a year ago. I really, really think the Jazz are going to miss Mike Conley tonight just as much as they missed him in Game 1. The question's going to be, can Donovan continue to do what he what he did? Which, honestly, there's a really good chance of that happening. I don't see how the Clippers guard Donovan for the rest of this series, and that's going to be a problem. Um, but what do you do when Donovan's not on the floor? What do you do when you have those little stretches and he's not? He misses a couple shots. Um, I think that's going to be really problematic for the Jazz tonight. I'm not trying to be negative by any means. I'm just trying to be realistic about it. Um, so we'll uh, we'll go ahead and and wait and see what happens tonight. But uh, big one, 8, 8 p.m. on ESPN, uh, Jazz and Clippers game two. So uh, it'll be interesting. Tyron Lue saying he's going to play DeMarcus Cousins and Patrick Beverly more. Okay. <laughs> I, I really don't understand Ty Lue as a coach sometimes. You know, what he said about Rudy about how we didn't call a timeout because you know, we wanted Rudy on the floor. 
we wanted the mismatch on the floor. Well, we we know how that ended. So, um, uh, a great uh, great opportunity for the Jazz tonight to go up two zero without Mike would be monumental and just absolutely insane uh, if that were to happen and be the case. So, big big one tonight. Uh, Phoenix is looking really good, smashing the Nuggets one twenty three to ninety eight last night in Game Two. Very balanced attack from Phoenix. Chris Paul, the third time in his career, he's had 15 assists and zero turn. Third team. He's done that with three different teams in the playoffs, which I find absolutely insane. Uh, his shoulder's gotten a lot better over the last week. Um, and Denver just doesn't have the guard power to match up with Phoenix. They shouldn't have with Portland, but because Portland's lacking so much in the big guy and forward column, uh, that's what led to Jokic just having a monster series. So... Uh, it's not going to work this time for Denver against Phoenix. I I think this you can very almost pencil in the Suns uh, as going to the Western Conference Finals. I'd be really surprised. I'm more confident in Milwaukee turning it around against Brooklyn simply because they have their pieces there and Brooklyn's still missing a significant piece compared to Phoenix and Denver, where Denver's not getting those pieces back and uh, Phoenix isn't missing anybody. So uh, that... That'll be uh, something definitely worth uh, worth keeping an eye on with the Suns. Uh, I think they're shooing for the Western Conference Finals. So, uh, Indiana Pacers moving on from Nate Bjorkren after just one season. Uh, disconnect between him and the veterans in the locker room. Indiana finished with a 34 and 38 record this season, finishing ninth. Lost their second playing game against Washington after they beat uh, was- uh, the Charlotte Hornets in the first playing game. So I, I I read a really interesting article about this guy, Nate Bjorken, on Bleacher Report. Uh, if you have time and need something to read, that I was blown away by the unprofessionalism of this guy. Just the arrogance he came in with as a head coach, not a people person. I'm not saying you have to be a people person to be a head coach, but you have to have some kind of communication skills and some kind of a personality where – you're able to connect, like it says, disconnect. Guys don't want to play for that. Guys simply don't want to be a part of that, and that showed this year for the Pacers. That's actually the one regular season jazz game I went to was against Indiana. Blew a big lead, just body language was not good. And this is a really talented roster. It's going to be really interesting to see who they pick to replace him. Uh, A lot of word out there is Terry Stotts over in Portland is kind of the big... uh, big name out there right now to go to Indiana because they've already got an established foundation. I really like DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Miles Turner because I feel like he's been on the chopping block for a very, or trading block for a really long time. Uh, Karis Levert, they'll have a full season of him next year. TJ Warren comes back healthy. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's just a, as solid as they come in terms of guard play. So I'm really, really interested to see what the Indiana Pacers wind up doing uh, with this group. Uh, and who they end up hiring uh, as their head coach, because there's some good names on that roster. Uh, it'll be a matter of meshing them all together, but uh, it really, really fascinating head coach opening there. Um, but you got to read the Bleacher Report article. I could not believe some of the stuff. I mean, one of Indiana's, you might remember this story from earlier in the season, one of Indiana's longtime assistants, he's been with the Pacers organization for a long time, just retired in the middle of the season, said his cited mental health reasons. And looking at this article, this is why Nate Bjorken, in a way, is just a bully and a terrible boss. Uh, 
which is just crazy to me. Your first year NBA head coach, most first year guy, the fact that you get fired after one year on the job, I think says speaks volumes to the actual situation of a lot of these, you know, coaches. And uh, Bjorken might be one of the worst ever. I mean, just something else. Uh, big game tonight for the Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the game before the Jazz. They play at 530, also on ESPN. Uh, really interested to see how Milwaukee bounces back at home. They've been playing really bad in Brooklyn. After just sweeping Miami, they have now lost two straight. And I actually am really high on what... Milwaukee's able to do tonight. I think they make the necessary adjustments, but it's going to be a matter of knocking down shots. They just simply have not been doing that in the first two games. And I they're a good enough they've surrounded Giannis with enough shooters that I think they're they're good enough to make that happen. Uh no James Harden or Jeff Green tonight. Uh, both of those guys have been making progress. Uh, Green um has been out for geez uh, a couple of weeks now. Could play in Game 4 is what they're saying. He's got a foot issue. Uh, I think, you know, when injuries play a bigger factor on the road than they do at home. I think if the Jazz were missing Mike Conley in L.A., I'd be much more worried than I am tonight. And I'm still worried tonight. That's the thing. I, I It's not that I'm not – I'm less concerned by any means. It's just I think your role players play a lot better when they're at home than they do on the road the majority of the time, especially where we're starting to see arenas you know, fill up a little bit more, see a little bit more of a crowd. Uh, the home guys respond a lot better to that than, than most of them do on the road. So I think that's where it's going to be really interesting tonight for Brooklyn. How does the Bruce Brown you know, type player step up? How do these role guys step up for the Nets on the road? Can they do it? Uh, and really, will they have to? I think that's another question worth asking with how well Kevin Durant has been playing. So... Uh, we'll keep an eye on that game and talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. I really am interested to see how the Bucks come out playing at home. Going to shift gears for just a little bit, go to the NFL. I found this fascinating. The San Francisco 49ers canceled the rest of this week's offseason spring practices after getting a couple major injuries. One of their offensive tackles tore his ACL. One of the safeties tore an Achilles. Running back tore a meniscus. I could not believe that injury report after just a couple days of of camps, you know. And so they'll get back together at the end of July, but basically Kyle Shanahan says, okay, we're done. We're not getting anyone else any more injured. The Niners had to have one of the worst, I think it's a little PTSD for Kyle Shanahan, because they had one of the worst injury histories last year. Uh, the injuries to Raheem Mostert and George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo and don't—I mean Nick Bosa tearing his ACL. It—it uh, it was just a really awful season last year for the Niners in terms of health. That's ultimately, in my opinion, why they ended up missing the playoffs. Uh, they just didn't have enough of a good product to put out there. They just weren't deep enough, which is hard. It's hard to build depth that is that that you know phenomenal enough to get you to the playoffs when you miss that many guys due to injury. Uh, NFC West is going to be really interesting this next season. I have no idea who I would pick to win the NFC West. A lot of people saying the Rams simply because of the Matthew Stafford trade, which I I get completely. Stafford's in a much better system. He's with a much better coaching staff. Uh, I, I don't know that he's necessarily with better receivers just because he had Megatron for a couple of those years in Detroit. Uh, I'm not going to say maybe as a whole he has a better receiving core. Um but uh, I'm really, really high 
on Stafford in L.A. Seattle's interesting because I feel like they didn't really make any moves. I feel like they bring a lot of the same guys back. Uh, not And just the way they ended last season, I'm not 100% sold on them. Even as an Arizona Cardinals fan, I'm not 100% sold still after last year's late season collapse. Even though you brought in a lot of leadership with J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, something that Arizona just needs more of. They needed more veterans. I felt like they did a good job with that. But at the same time, are you going to still face those same problems that you faced a year ago? Uh, it'll be something interesting. And it's just, such, like I said, such a tough division. The Niners, you know, bring that defense back. The defense was really good still last year despite uh, some injuries. And is Trey Lance the guy at quarterback? So uh, really interesting keeping an eye on these guys during these camps because they, these, these, they didn't do these OTAs a year ago. Uh, so I wonder how the injuries pile up just after – what's been a couple of odd, you know, off-seasons with COVID. That's a storyline really, really that we should be paying attention to with the NFL uh, moving forward, and I'm, I'm really interested to see what, if any other teams like the Niners have these problems. Uh, I don't think a team had as much injury luck last year as San Francisco did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is a team out there that I'm not thinking of, but uh makes sense as to why Kyle Shanahan called all that off. Uh, Going to be going to be interesting to see uh, that whole division as mentioned really excited to see what uh, what that entails for this upcoming season well that's going to do it for weekdays with wilk uh, we do oh we do have our pickums can't forget that nets and bucks tonight i'm going to take milwaukee from pfizer forum in milwaukee wisconsin i think the bucks play much better at home tonight and are able to at least somewhat get back into the series i don't think they're going to win the series but uh, i do like them uh, trying to get back into it tonight I am going to take the Clippers again against the Jazz, hoping that the Jazz win because I picked the Clippers to win game one, and the Jazz ended up pulling that one out. But without Mike Conley, I just think the Clippers are going to get one of these as long as Mike is not playing. So I do pick the Clippers tonight. Don't hate on me for it. Trying to be objective here. That's going to do it for Weekdays with Wilk. We appreciate you tuning in. My name is Tanner Wilkinson. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to love one another.